Thank you for downloading this New Zealand Sports Radio show. We have a new way that you can support us. There is a link in the notes down below where you can make a one-off donation to New Zealand Sports Radio. Thank you for support and uh, enjoy the show. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome to the Super Rugby Aotearoa Round 10 and the Super Rugby AU or Super Rugby Gold for those of you who love your periodic table. Um... Round seven um, review brought to you by Driving Mall. Hi, I'm... No, where am I going? Jeez, this is like throwbacks like four months ago. No, brought to you uh, here on New Zealand Sports Radio. And hi, I'm Paul, the founder of New Zealand Sports Radio. It sounds more flash than the guy in, the guy in his bedroom with a uh, computer and a laptop, um, do, uh, sorry, the desk and a laptop doing, uh, doing the show. But hey, you know what? Take you behind the scenes, pull back the curtain, all of that kind of stuff. And joining me, um, and they've these two guys have actually got offices. I mean, they're, 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 they're wow. Joining me in his office, Ashwin. How are you doing, sir? Hi, doing well. I think it's Sunday, you isn't think? it? Is it Sunday? I don't know. I'm in lockdown. I don't know what day it is. <laughs> the big question, Ashwin, have you had to do homeschooling today? Not, not what day of the there week? You... Have I missed it? I, yeah, know, I missed homeschooling today. Ah, tragedy 101. <laughs> oh and no my, I'm going to have to send my children to the coal mine now <laughs> <laughs> coal mine do we have any coal mines in New Zealand we've got a gold mine so go to, move to Wahi oh, yeah. don't tell Paul about the coal mine near Cornflake <laughs> <laughs> not a good one to go there on the corn, on that on that one oops let's, let's steer clear of the old coal mines okay um, Mike River the, <laughs> <laughs> and Stephen in his gaming room because it's not really an office, is it? It's uh, it's not really a room to be completely fair. It's 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 pretty small. It's it's a closet. Oh, we'll give it that much. And my my closet of technology. There we go. Henceforth, he shall be known as Harry Potter. Out the closet. <laughs> <laughs> Where's the disconnect button? Where is it? <laughs> Oh dear me! Yes, this is the show um, where we may talk about some rugby um, and some sport. Unlike all the other shows that are pretty serious, this is the one show that, that may or may not go off the rails. And we kicked off on Friday night with the Western Force um, playing at home in New South Wales against the New South Wales Waratahs playing away in New South Wales. Okay, 
that's our new COVID reality. So, yes, the four Scots play a home game in New South Wales, um, obviously the other side of the country from where they really are. Um, and um, Stephen, they scored first. They were leading. Well, that's the Western Force way, isn't it? You yeah. start well, you, you stun the other team into a reality of having to play rugby, and, and then you watch the game, well, I guess quite quickly drift away from you. Um, and that's what they've done all season long. Uh, it's the, the number one special of the Western Force. I mean, yeah, but they they had an all right first half, didn't they? They were in the game. They were only behind by eight points at the halftime break. Um, but it's the same old story. The force, they start nicely. They get into a bit of a rhythm. They they scored a fantastic try. I mean, to see Bernard Standard galloping down the wing like a horse that's been let loose out of the pen, uh, it was great to see. I, I had to take a second look at it to you know, to see it was a big guy for number eight on his back, just scampering down the sideline like that. But a good try, a typical Western Force try, a typical Western Force performance. Um, and oh, geez, do we have to talk about the Waratahs? I mean, doesn't doesn't every game the Waratahs play just make them look better than they actually are? When you you look at the stats uh, through this game, and they didn't really, I, I don't think, outplayed the Force. Waratahs at all. I talked to you to, I asked you to about the Force and how they were leading. I didn't That's ask you to about the Waratahs. It's your own fault. I'll See, we get we get Ashwin in his blue jersey to the Waratahs. It's blue like the Waratahs jersey. <laughs> I just want to, it's just like, yeah, what, what's with the rugby AU, rugby gold? It's just like, they get you all excited with a couple of rounds of like, oh, this game's, they're not playing too badly. And then it's just like, by halftime, I fell asleep. Yeah. So, and, and, and I think it seems you'd be a little bit um, generous to the fourth. The fourth win is for about half an hour. In reality, then they gave up a try. Then they held the the, the Royal Tiles were held up over the line um, as the Hooter went on half time. So they could very easily um, have it could have very easily been eight to uh, what twenty three um, at half time. Instead, it was eight sixteen. Um, He's gone by that logic. You say that the Rebels should have been up by sixty points against the Reds. Though I mean, they had up go over the line about twenty times. Doesn't well, matter. We'll, we'll, they we'll survived. We'll get on that one. <laughs> Good <laughs> <Absolutely>. defence. <laughs> Let's credit the force for what they did well. They defended well in the first half and restricted the Waratahs to just 16 points. Yeah, and the uh, and, I, and as you say, I thought they were kind of in it at that point. It's like, okay, yeah, this is good for us. Then we come out in the second half. Um, the uh, John O'Lott's way too flat, or well, too flat, passes the ball. Um, and um, Maddox hiding behind the inside defender steps forward, intercepts, and he's gone. And suddenly it's then eight twenty-three, and you're like, "Yeah, okay, this one's now all over." I'm afraid, folks. Um, that was again, obviously being an interception try, a little bit against the run of play, but even so, you kind of like, "Yeah, it's a long, long way back now for the force." Um, two more disallowed Waratahs tries in that second half um, meant that, uh, yeah, it stayed relatively respectful. Um, and unlike in the first half where the Tars bashed away at the line got held up, at the end of the game, they were again bashing away at the end of the half. Uh, but this time they actually did get over the line. Um, so, yes, um, they got the um, what I was a bit surprised at was, oh, uh, yeah, yeah, we had the, the quick drop goal conversion, um, which was an absolute failure um, before they went on to um, knock on to not get the try bonus point. But there we go. Um, that was uh, the two disallowed tries. Uh, this has been the round for disallowed tries. We had five disallowed tries this round. That's amazing. It's great. Yeah. I mean, I will talk more about the others, but I mean, 
because the others happened, I say it's great. Uh, so <laughs> oh, no complaints from me. And uh, uh, we'll talk about the Western Force. The Western Force have struggled all season long, haven't they, to really not not finish their starting chances. They start really, really well. They look good. But they the second halves are just not their friends. They seem to lose that ability to to not not put a game away, but just do the basics and finish. They they kind of completely lose their whole – they lose their patterns. They lose their structure. They lose everything. And they go from a team that looks like you give them half a chance, they're going to do something that's, that's quite spectacular, to a team that, like you said, Paul, that – they don't look like they're going to climb their way back from a you know a ten point deficit and get back into the game in the second forty minutes. So, yeah, it's it's a bit tough for the poor old force. Um, oh come on, Aaron, let's let's give it up for the old. We'll talk about the Highlanders later on, so don't you worry about that. <laughs> the winning boys are back. Uh, that's all we have to say. But yeah, the force they need to try and find a way to, to actually consistently play and uh, get themselves points in the second half and be able to finish what they can do in the first 40. So it's really bizarre that they just, just fall apart in that second 40 minutes. Yeah, I think the, the Tars were uh, were a tad unlucky, especially with the second disallowed try, where uh, to, to say that he was advancing um, when he was running pretty much um, lateral across the pitch. I um, mean, you've, you've, seen, you've seen passes be that far forward and allowed plenty of times. Um, so then get called a, a, a advancing before you're overtaken by Hunt. Um, for that shit forward, I think it was a tad harsh. Um, and was put on side by Hunt. So to me, um, I, I think the second try should have been allowed. Um, and uh, I, 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 was, I was scribbling my notes down for the Highlands versus Hurricane, so I didn't actually write any notes during the game. And I'm suddenly thinking, did I actually mistake Maddox disallowed try for one of the disallowed tries by the uh, by, by the Canes, or do we have two? Um, do we have two obstruction and disallowed tries this weekend? Because Maddox went straight through a hole. Um, uh, and uh, I don't, uh, yeah, it, it was obstruction, but his nice try was disallowed mm. in the for the Kings. I'm not getting it mixed up. Um, yep, the uh, so yeah, so you uh, just yeah, thought I, you'd had a strange feeling of deja vu, exactly. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but um, so yes, yeah, so I do think that was a, I, I, I think at least one of those tries should have been allowed to stand. Uh, I thought that well, yeah. Again, I'll, I'll do a commentator thing. Oh, technically, he was following the letter of the law, which I guess is what the law, what the referees are supposed to do. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yes. Using the word literally, they are literally supposed to follow the law book. <laughs> <laughs> um, but look, the, the force don't help themselves. Um, Eighteen lineouts, of which they only won ten, and some of those were scrappy that they won as well. Um, they lost. Uh, they lost three. Of their own um, put into scrum time, yeah. If if you don't have a set piece, you're you're, you're going to be you're going to be fighting an uphill battle. Um, let's be honest, uh, and that's why they didn't really look like getting back into this one, um, despite some 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 nice play. Um, any other stats you want to pull out for this? Because complex, you mentioned you'd seen the stats. Well, I took a brief little look through them, um, but uh, what were the ones that stood out for me? I was looking at um, the line breaks and stuff like that, whereas I've completely lost them now. But it, from my memory of what I look at, clean breaks, there was eight to nine, uh, not too much difference. So the, the force just that inability to actually finish the, the opportunities and the chances uh, that, that they create. So that's the big thing. They had all the possession in that second half. It's bizarre, isn't it? They dominated the possession and territory in the second half, um, yet completely got blown out of the game. So uh, just goes to show that um, many great teams like the Highlanders uh, can actually win games despite not having all the ball. So that just, you know, any sort of lessons out there for anyone who's uh, learning the game. You don't need the ball to win a game. Um, 
but uh, that normally doesn't go and apply for Australian teams. I just find the Waratahs a terrible team to watch. I don't know if it's just me or, or you guys find the same, but they just they just don't have that excitement, or, or I don't know what it is. They just they just seem fluky. They seem lucky, like you see the intercept tries. How many times when they've been smashed or when they've actually won, they they pick up those tries completely against the run of play. They never look like a team who is going to win a game off their own bat. They kind of look like a team that's going to win by the other team doing stupid things, making errors, making mistakes. I think if you play a really good structured game against them and stay out of your own half, don't drop the ball too much and put the pressure back on them in their own half in their 22, they're just slowly going to you know, fall to pieces. Um, but when you keep giving them those chances and those opportunities, they take them. And I mean, you've got to credit them for that. They take those little scraps they get fed off. But I just, I find them a terrible team to watch. Um, and yeah, this, they're not going to go up. Like, even the Blues are more exciting. And when you go that sort of step, it's, it, you know, you're really getting desperate. You mean the second place team in the competition? I mean, it's good. You can finally let go of those uh, tens uh, trophy. You can finally say we've exceeded that. Oh, nah. Because that tens was a trophy. <laughs> Didn't get a trophy this time. It's all tens. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, the, you, you, no, you're right. I mean, the, last time they won because basically, uh, last weekend they beat, they, beat, they beat the Reds because the Reds just didn't turn up and they totally out-hustled them, uh, which is something you very rarely see in, uh, in professional rugby nowadays. Uh, but you're right. Against the force, we knew they were going to win that one. We'll get onto the table later. It's all very close. But you've got to remember, the Waratahs have played the force more than any other team. So they've got their automatic win. All the other teams have got an automatic win yet to come, which means they're really actually four points behind everyone else or four points less than they've actually really got. <laughs> so, um, I mean, they didn't even get the try bonus points in this one, which was which was appalling. Um, but um, talking of games um, that uh, and disallowed tries and games that should have finished 38-42 um, with, <laughs> with those three disallowed tries, um, after that, I'm going to let you um, kick off um, on the uh, on the, on the, the the Highlands Hurricanes because otherwise we're just going to have a monologue for half an hour. <laughs> um, I was ready to put my feet on. <laughs> <laughs> now look, I mean, to, to me for the um, the, the Canes thing, but I, I'm not really sure whether the Canes took this game too seriously. Tell you the truth, I mean, the, the fact is that reality is, I mean, like, yeah, well, I'm sorry, but when they pull um, Finley, not um, Jamie Booth. Those redheads all look the same to me. But Finley, um, ja Jamie Booth, and it's just like there's daylight between. I mean, Jamie Booth is a fantastic halfback. I actually think he's challenging TJ for the for a starting spot. The way that he's been playing, uh, he just he's just a firecracker all over the place, and that showed in the game. But then basically, once he left the field, it's just like that. Basically, that Hurricanes team was basically gone. There's nothing there. So I just like I didn't. It's strange. Yeah, mate. I would have just played him right through the end of the game. The um, go on, Steve. Uh, <laughs> so have, have, have a comment about the Hurricanes about how they were playing, please. First, then, then you can get onto the Highlanders. <laughs> firstly, I, I want to defend myself as a person that works Sundays, and this is this is a great thing. It was a terrible thing that the game got cancelled this afternoon. But for me, I don't have to come home try to rush watch through a two-hour game so I can make. Um, at, at eight o'clock deadline, watching a game of rugby um, for the hour and a half that I don't have in between. So defensively for myself, this is great. 
get rid of Sunday rugby so I can actually, you know, maintain looking <laughs> through the games before I have to come do these shows. That would be brilliant. Anyway, Hurricanes. Oh, Ashwin's now on the head. I don't think I need to add anything to that. No. Cool. Uh, no. They weren't, <laughs> they were no, half, they weren't, they weren't even in the game. Not agrees with me. Hurricanes didn't care, I don't think. They didn't They didn't care about this game whatsoever. They, it seemed like a, a, a festival game sort of thing. It was like a barbarian smash. Uh, they were out there, which was cool to see. I mean, we all knew the game ultimately had no um, decisive factor for this competition. Um, I think the Highlanders probably had a bit more to prove yep. after their season. They had those milestones for Aaron Smith and Ash Dixon. It was a home game. You know, it was all it was all a seemed a bit more well, the Highlanders actually wanted to go out there and do something. They seemed a bit more uh passionate about it. They seemed a bit more antsy, they seemed a bit more aggressive. You know, the hurricanes things didn't go their way, they laughed it off and, and moved on, which you know, that that's all well. I mean, I can understand that, but I think in terms of actually fighting for the game, they weren't really in there. They were in there to have some fun. You could tell they scored, you know, everything by sevens, um, and they just wanted they grabbed tries, entertained the watchers on TV because you know and, and the substitutes <laughs> in the stands. Um, yeah, and, and have a bit of fun, and you could I, you could tell that by the way that they played and and their, their body language and their reactions and things like that. Whereas the Highlanders, yeah, they, they had a bit more muscle, a bit more grit um, in the teeth for that one. Do you have to yeah, say it was um, more on the line for the Highlanders as well? Because um, if you look at it, you know everybody's sort of talked about how well the Highlanders have actually gone, and there's been some really promise on there. But if they hadn't have beaten the Hurricanes yesterday. The only team they would have beaten twice the season was the Chiefs, and everybody's beaten the Chiefs. It's so, like the fourth one. Like yeah, fourth. yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, like, the, really, the pressure was on the uh, Highlanders to actually to, to chalk up a win against one of the other teams. Um, also, yeah, but look, uh, part of this, uh, this um, look, because uh, yeah, entertainment, uh, entertainment to watch. Um, you've talked about um, the festival atmosphere. Uh, Barbarian desk in some ways. Look, the, 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 the Hurricanes missed forty tackles in this game. Um, so they're really the there, weren't they? The Highlanders missed mentally they were there. Um, so yeah, so there was, yeah, there's a lot of a lot of missed tackles um, in this game. The um, the one stat I found actually really surprising was that, uh, and, and hence uh, with, with all those with, with all those tackles, we had 661 running meters with, from the Highlanders and 681 from the Hurricanes. That's that's uh, 1300 running meters. And that's nearly double what you'll see in a lot of other games. That's like a um, one-day game with 450 runs by both sides. <laughs> <laughs> and to get your cricketing fix each week, join Arsene for swinging from the hip on a Thursday night at 8pm. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Did, did Vince Arso, it's been a while since Vince Arso has played on the wing, and I think that showed because he forgot where the sideline was, didn't he? Mm. Oh. Is, because it was, you go back a couple of seasons, he, he actually was, that's where he made his name for the Hurricanes, was when he had an awesome season on the wing, and uh, he hasn't played there for a while. No, it wasn't, wasn't, that, he mainly, wasn't it sort of 12, um, him, him at 13, and, and Lamapi at, th- at 12 mainly? And he, he spent some time on the wing as well, but when he when, when he, he quite he, a bit of time on the wing at the start. Right. Mm. Mm. But I think that that was kind of the way the Hurricanes were playing, weren't you? I mean, that, that try that he bombed, was kind of a sum up, I think, because you just saw him. He wasn't looking at the line. He just caught it, and he was he was happy and chuffed and heavily danced, and then it got disallowed. And they, they didn't even care. Uh, it's a bit of a shame, but it was it was fun. It was good fun, and you, you can't I, I can't fault them for that. Given given the, the circumstances of what it was, um, I think most people watched that game were pretty entertained about how it went down and and the excitement of it. And it was a good good. 
fun game to watch. And I mean, getting the Highlanders win, the underdogs firing up, you know. And like I said on Twitter, you know, just, just for everyone here, the logic process now of Super Rugby Aotearoa, Highlanders beat the Hurricanes. Hurricanes beat the Crusaders. <laughs> Crusaders beat the Blues. Blues beat the Chiefs. Chiefs beat no one. Highlanders number one. <laughs> no, we have to go, but just coming back to the, let me ask you, are you not entertained? <laughs> hey, and and by the way, and the Blues beat the Highlanders, so we're number one. Woo! <laughs> Oh, <laughs> uh, dear me. Just, just me. because we were talking about disallowed tries before, and obviously yep. the Chase Tier Tier one, you know, that should be played at the beginning of the season to the referees' school or panel or whatever they call it when they all get together. That happens so much in every game where the players are running around behind. And it's like, it doesn't matter if there's no, you know, that the player running around the back is deep. At the end of the day, it's still obstructing a line that the defensive player could have taken from a um, attacking player in front of the player with the ball. It should be called all the time. And then Justin Marshall going, oh, Collins got lucky. It was good that he bear-hugged uh, Umanga Jensen. It's like you can see his head looking at Tia Tia coming around the back and running into Umanga Jensen. So I'm not sure what Justin Marshall was looking at. He's probably looking at his book on how to pronounce Super Rugby Aotearoa. <laughs> hey you can join me on a show we can do a, we can do a, a, a show, show. that'd be brilliant uh, um, yeah but at least you're from you're from england <laughs> what's his excuse he's from queenstown <laughs> <laughs> oh dearie me um so yeah it's uh, you say festival atmosphere in this one uh some some uh, yeah, some, some run I, I would collins have reached him i don't know um but either way you, no, look, um, no, Collins, I, I actually think that Collins would have reached him because he wouldn't have taken a straight line. He could have actually taken a line inside to um to, to go towards Chase Tia Tia coming across. That's uh, that, Looking at it, that's my opinion, is the fact is that he, he would have taken a slightly more angled line inside towards Chase Tia Tia to tackle them. And he would have made the tackle, to my, to, from my view. Maybe we'll have to wait and see. Um, on well, we won't wait, wait and see. Well, we'll we won't see. We'll never see. <laughs> <laughs> Next week. <laughs> oh, hey, look, yes, when I look at this Highlanders team, the the big positive for me. I mean, I want to be completely Highlanders centric now uh, for for a few seconds, if we could. That's look at this Highlanders team. You look. You look at the side. What are your thought process or your thoughts on these players when you go through Mitch Hunt? Start the season as like, oh no, we don't have Josh Uani. Oh, okay, well, I guess we'll put Hunt in there instead. Um, and then um, Michael Collins, just the last two weeks as a midfielder, well, you know, he's that guy. Sorry, but that's really one of Mitch Hunt. Mitch Hunt, um, okay, was <laughs> Mitch Hunt. Let's go. Um, the ball gets down to the wing. You think, ah, that's that must be um, the uh, who's the uh, who, who's the fifteen from the the, the, the played winger um, who's been converted to winger. For the for the for the Highlanders, um, Mackay. Start that again. So the ball goes out. Oh, I think it's, that's got to be Josh Mackay running with it because he's going so fast. No, it's Hunt, and I'm like, wow, okay. I, yeah, you got to say, really impressed with the way that Hunt has played, especially these last two weeks, um, controlling the game, um, having. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know if it's because he's been at fullback where he's had more time. Uh, he was playing well earlier in the, at, at ten, but in the last two weeks, uh, the way he's injected himself in the game, the way he's controlled the game. Um, uh, has been 
uh, yeah, has, has been a revelation. He has definitely impressed me over these last two weeks as to how as to how Mitch Hunt. And when one of the things we'll be talking about tomorrow night on the Driving More Show will be our fifteen um, of the season from Super Rugby Aotearoa. And I got to say, Mitch Hunt is is has put himself in with a shout of being in that. Uh, it's definitely it's definitely definitely a name to be talked about in that conversation as to being a as being a best fifteen of the tournament. Just in case I'm not really there, like, you can talk about it all you like, but you're going to pick Will Jordan. Well, no, we're not. But we're <laughs> so, not, yeah. we're not. Julie Barrett's a pretty good shout, isn't he, for a 15 Oh, um, yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah, anyway, yeah. This is a conversation people, people. tomorrow night, like I said. <laughs> tomorrow night we'll be discussing this. Tomorrow. Tonight. We're, we're getting kicked out already, Ashwin. Well, yeah. we we've, we've still got an hour and a half, don't we? Look at how wonderful the Highlanders players are. So, yes, yeah, so uh, Mitch Hunt, yeah, outstanding Mitch Hunt. Yeah. I'll go even better, even before he was at fullback. Um, when he, when he was at 10, uh, the way he developed the season, ability to take on the line, break tackles, we didn't see that from him pre COVID super rugby. I, I just think when he got hammered at the start when it was the Doshuani and Mitch Hunt thing, and everyone's like, Oh, why'd you do that? I think that really killed him like it, yep. mentally or what it was. Yep. He just didn't play his own game, he just didn't Stuff play anything confidence. like this. Yeah, it must have something like that. Get yep. rid of Ioani, as, as bad as it is. But I think just that time, those six weeks or whatever it was, without Ioani in that team, he had that belief in himself where the coaches clearly said to him, you're the guy, play your game, but, see where it goes. If it all turns to pop, Josh will be back in a few weeks. We can move on. Brin's there in the reserves. Go but you talk the shift, right? When when they started at the beginning of the season, it was Josh 10, or sorry, um, mm-hmm. Mitch 10, Josh 12. Um which didn't work for their backline, basically, for your backline. It, it didn't work. No. Now, when he's come back after Yuani uh, came back from injury, Yuani at 10, Hunt at 15. Interestingly enough, I mean, all us couch um, potatoes, that's <laughs> the combination we were picking in terms of Yuani at 10 and Hunt at 15, not 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 10 and 12, because it. I just don't see – they're just too much of the first five roll in the 10 and 12 jersey. So, uh, no, I didn't. I think it's the more the change when he came back from injury, when Yuani came back from injury and they put Hunt at 15. In the meantime, while Yuani was injured, as you've alluded to, um, Hunt got a bit more confidence back as well because his mm-hmm. confidence looks shot. He made a lot yep. of real basic errors in those first few rounds when um, they were playing 10 and 12. Yep. So he's even my biggest improver by far. Um, Josh McKay, what, what a difference. Most improved. I mean, that, that Crusader, he, he is great, isn't he? Most improved. Yeah, he can get a certificate. It'll be in his yearbook, Highlanders yearbook at the end of this year. Uh, Josh McKay, though, makes a massive difference to a backline, doesn't he? I gave him a bit of stick early in the season about being the guy that just, you know, the, the Crusader that moves down and doesn't have that same impact outside of that Crusaders team. Um, really has stood up the last few weeks. I thought he's been really, really good to have back in that backline. Um, and maybe Michael Collins is the guy for that midfield, which is going to be interesting to see. You know, if he plays some more time in there, whether he will be that guy, he definitely was uh, pretty good last weekend. Um, but yeah, I, I like I like the comment in there about how the the Highlanders will win the comp in the next two years. Uh, yeah, I couldn't disagree anymore. With Nocturnal rights, yeah, absolute legend, great pack. Um, yeah, those second rows uh, do look good. You got Parkinson is, is looking extraordinary good. When you got back Ali too at the back as well, Dylan Hunt, Frizzell's playing a form of his life. Uh, they really they look. Quite good. They will. They will. <laughs> so here's, here's the problem the Highlanders have got. It's, it's, the Highl- it's almost it's, shock, isn't it? You look at it and go, yeah, they, they look good, but it's, it's unbelievable. And it's just like, it actually looks like it's coming together after the shambles. Let's be honest. The start of the Super Rugby, proper Super Rugby season, they looked 
an absolute disgrace. They, they were completely terrible. And it's like they've just, you know, the Chiefs have, uh, the, yeah, the Chiefs have just gone, we'll take that spot from you. We'll be the terrible side after they look quite good um, pre-March. And now they're, they're the absolute train wreck. Uh, the Highlanders have actually sorted their stuff out, which I think, as terrible as everything's been, that break has been the best thing for the Highlanders. And this season has been the best thing for the Highlanders to develop their side. So that's, yeah. Exploding with it with, with joy, going the Highlands actually look quite good. Not exactly. Look at the start, the, season. <laughs> no, the start of the season. They look so bad. They look so bad. It's just like, oh, it's terrible. We got the good team, we got the good halves, you know, we got a solid pack that you know performs quite well, and then it was just so terrible. Now you got the same group of players. Just that continuity of playing together, that extra time together, that extra time uh, to, to know each other. It's something, it has to be something like that. And now they actually, you know, they were close to the Crusaders twice. Um, I, I, you, we won't try to jump on the Hurricanes too badly, but, you know, they pushed everyone they played uh, pretty close all the way throughout. So, it's yeah, it's, it's been great. Yeah, Don't worry, there's always next year, Aaron, or the, the Highlanders will topple the Blues. Don't worry about that. Yep, this is like, but that's the problem that your Highlanders will have, though, is the fact is that the, absolutely the teams gelled well together. They will struggle against the big pack. And as long as that big pack doesn't make mm -hmm. mistakes and the team doesn't make mistakes, the Highlanders won't be able to topple it. So that's basically in the last three weeks, that's what's happened. The Blues went down to the Tupperware container, and it's the big pack basically that dominated the game and then sort of took the foot off the pedal a little bit towards the end of the game. And also, and then the Crusaders the following week. So that's where they will struggle, is against the big pack. So if we go back to a full Sansa Super Rugby format, those the likes of the Sharks and, 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 uh, and the Bulls with a good pack, that again, if they come down, if they don't make the mistakes, because obviously the Highlanders on turnover ball with the likes of Mackay Hunt at the back, you give them the ball with turnover ball, they will punish you. If you don't make those mistakes, they won't get those opportunities, and the forward pack will just control the ball and go forward. And that's what the Blues did when they went down the Tupperware container. That's what the Crusaders did last week as well against them. So that's that's the issue that they're going to have is um, basically getting beaten up by bigger packs. Yeah, that's a game plan though. They've got to play. They've got to play the right plan because they've got that more mobile pack and that, and that faster get around the park sort of team. It's like you know the basketball analogy of having a, a big team versus the, the small ball players. That's what they've got to play. They've got to get around. They've got to keep the ball moving. They've got to tie those guys out. They've got to get the ball moving faster than those players can yep. get to the next yep. sort of part of the game. So that the big part is controlling that tempo. And that's what's yep. so hard to do against the Crusaders team, specifically, is getting that on your side. Uh, so if that's they can it. learn you've to got to have that, the ball. You've got to have the ball yep. to control the tempo. And that's the thing is that if you get a, a ball that just puts it up their jumpers and, and controls that ball, you won't get it. And that, I mean, mm. like, I mean, if you go back to the, I mean, I actually didn't see all of the Crusaders Highlanders game. Um, but I so, yeah, I know, I should have. But it's just like, if we go back to the Blues Highlanders game, it's just like, apart from the first rolling ball try that the Highlanders got, after that, the Blues controlled the ball pretty well in the right parts of the field, making it very difficult for the Landers, as, as Steve's alluded to, to, to sort of then create anything. So basically, if they can, if the Ford, big Ford pack, controls the ball, puts it up their jumper, doesn't allow the Highlanders to get a sniff, then they don't have they don't got they've got to get the they've got to get that physicality up against the big guys. Otherwise they will struggle if there's no mistakes. If. Yeah. Big if. Oh well yeah. I mean like we've just seen it two weeks in a row. I mean a, a, you know 
in the out of the three sort of thing. So that's that's what you got. That's what you're going to be up against. And and it's not going to rain. It's not going to rain inside the Tupperware <laughs> container for a loose and slippery ball. Oh, geez, thanks for that. Great weather report there. Yeah. <laughs> but it will rain at the GS Bowl in Southampton. <laughs> <laughs> what was the name of that stadium again? Aegeus. Yes. Yeah, okay. Yeah. We, and uh, when Aegeus actually starts to sponsor us, we can say Aegeus a few more times. <laughs> anyway. No, actually, just, just in response to what Aaron's saying with Aaron Smith, um, I'm going to get his name right, but Fakatava, he gets more game time behind the Highlanders' pack. Obviously, I, I think they'll have a decent backup half. When, oh, yeah. when you went from Aaron Smith to Kane Hamilton, the drop-off's massive. It, it doesn't work. Going to Fakatava, I think you got, you find that um, it won't be quite – it's not going to be Aaron Smith playing out of this world at the moment. He's playing on a different level from the Aaron Smith we've seen in last year in particular. Um, but – the drop-off won't be that big and you'll still get in fresh legs on will make a difference. He's a different now, player though. Completely different player. Oh, Smith. different player. Yeah. Different player. It's but, like you know, different, you, I mean, different talking cheese to a Hamilton, right? I mean, you'd rather oh, have oh, him there than Hamilton. I'm not arguing <laughs> with that point at all. No, 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 no. I'm more being that the spark that he'll add is more of a running game, is a danger yep. around the fringes, whereas Aaron yep. Smith's more of a danger around getting that flat get the ball pass, distribution. the guy. Yeah, exactly. Yep. So you, you've got to have a, a different sort of play to, to counter a Fakatava to oppose to counting a Smith. And you want that running game at the end of a game when they're starting yeah. to open up with gaps around the fringes. Well, there is, there is some there is, there is some question marks around Fakatava's decision-making, um, really, especially with his haircuts. <laughs> Coming from Auckland. What? What? Hawks Bay. Okay, Hoskins. <laughs> no, he's talking about all the, all the, uh, the, the, all oh. the Auckland players' haircuts. Um, the... Uh, <laughs> I, Just look, trying to fit in, okay? <laughs> it, it is pretty similar to um, oh, uh, is, is it Sam Knox? Hair, hair is a bit. Uh, it's also got the kind of mullet dyed at the back, but nowhere near as blonde uh, as. Fakatawa. Oh, we've got fashion <laughs> show again. We did this two, three weeks ago, <laughs> and not perm. That's my that's my latest thing. I'm pretty sure Fakatava's had it perm to get those ringlets. Um, anyway. <laughs> I'm out. I'm... As, no, I got you put Steve's comment up there. He's got to return the mascot on the back of his head. <laughs> <laughs> Some little child is mu- missing his cuddly toy for the night's sleep. <laughs> <laughs> oh, brilliant. Brilliant. Yeah. Hey, just, just on the hurricanes, I mean, I know you've got the scoreboard up there for the, uh, the final table, but, um, for, for, you know, Scott Scrafton, when he left the Blues, I thought, a massive loss. Um, I just saw things in his game where he just um, powers through work. His work rate was massively high. And um, I think the Hurricanes are actually, you know, really starting to see some benefits out of him him being down there with them. And that, that's, look, that's been the Canes' problem, has been that they, they've got right, players, um, the, players like Liam Mitchell, uh, who is a good six. Um, f- um, um, Oh, gone blank. The um, other six who plays in the locks, all, all black. Five for Peter. Five for Yeah, they've got all these converted six playing lock, and it's just been too lightweight. Getting a pro, get, getting it, getting it, getting a chunky boy like Scrafton in, uh, workhorse is yeah, workhorse, is exactly yeah. what they needed. Does um, yeah, is 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 he is he a flash um, um, Scott Barrett? No, he's not. But hey, you know what? He's a chunk, and and he and he, and he gets through enough work, which is what which is what they needed really there. 
Um, a good Super Rugby player. And, a, and an excellent option in the lineouts for them as well. Hmm. It's, um, a, it's a funny season how guys like um, uh, Goodhue and, and Scrafton, um, those guys that aren't so much of those big flashy make a big name players have been standouts this year. Guys that yep. just do, do that graft, that are hard. I see the guys saying, oh, when he went off, um, we really, really missed him. Um, I like the one of the Highlanders, so I've forgotten his name as well. They got injured two or three weeks Josh ago. Dixon. Uh, Josh Dixon, that's the one. Thank you. Another one. Yeah, they've really, really missed yep. when he's been. But you need uh, those players. You know, you, oh, you yeah. can't have a team full of Flash Harrys. You've got to have yep. the guy that actually does the work taking it forward. Otherwise, you're just going nowhere. You're going side to side. You're going sideline to sideline. And we've seen teams do that, especially once you've gone one or two phases, right, well, from your, your, your scrum or line out and you've gone a few phases. Generally speaking, you're not breaking through because the defensive lines are set. Um, so you're going sideline to sideline. You need somebody to take it up the guts. <laughs> up the guts. Right then. So looking at the final table then, congratulations to the Crusaders who won the trophy. Um, and then out the soap. Um, the, uh, the Blues, who uh, scraped into second um, with the, the Hurricanes lost last night um, the uh, with five wins, two losses, uh, and a draw. Um, the Hurricanes in there in third on 21 points, um, and then the Highlanders uh, in fourth, and the Chiefs a long way back in fifth with no wins at all all season. Um, the... Uh, and I was going to say, look, the two the two best defensive teams that seem to finish first and second, but obviously they played one less game with that draw, and um, so that's a, that's a few less points. So they won, you know, one less uh, game uh, uh, against. Unless unless there was a fifty point differential, oh no, fifty points put on by one of the teams, they still would have ended up being the yeah, two best defense. Right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they get defense wins tournaments, um, attack sort of wins games, um, which I think is probably what we saw. Last, uh, the, the odd game kind of thing, which always saw. Oh, last I think, night. I mean, when you look at that for and against, I mean, the one thing, um, for, for the Blues, um, supporters in particular, is the fact is that you, you know they're not the finished, finished article, and that's the great thing about it is that for the strides that they've made this year, there, there's still work to do, and that's around attack. I mean, at the end of the day, they scored 176 points. Um, they won a lot of their games off the back of defense, um, so there's still a lot of work in attack. And you can see it. They're, they're actually making um, opportunities. They're getting go for it, but they're not converting that into to points. And they should have, or, or they're switching off as well. Um, and so that's a part of the game. I mean, like in, in a lot of the games that they switched off, obviously the biggest game that they switched off on and cost them big time was the Crusaders down in Christchurch. So there's still work-ons. That's a great thing. They've come second on the table and they've still got plenty to work on. I know how much you love to get in there and support the Blues and all your Aucklanders, you know, just jump on the back of the bandwagon of the Blues, actually winning some games once. But look at this whole tournament here. We can talk about the Chiefs and how they couldn't get any worse. So we, we won't probably include them because the only way is really up for them. But all of these teams are only going to get better. None yep. of these teams are going to be massively decimated next season. None of the, you know, the Hurricanes aren't going to be losing a huge bulk of players. The Crusaders <clears throat> have got a lot of youth in their team as well. The Highlanders have got a lot of youth in their team as well. All of these teams are only going to get better. They're all going to be on the massive increase. And, and I guess the closest of this competition in the way that even for the Chiefs, uh, from their point of view, they lost a lot of games. Five bonus points for losing. It's only three points they got beaten by more than seven. Only three games, sorry. They got beaten by more than seven. They're going to improve. The Crusaders. Next next season, they could turn those five losses by less than seven into five wins, and then hello, you know, you're right up there with the Blues and the Hurricanes uh, with, with wins on the board. So 
this is all yeah this is all no. on the up here and they're, they're all strong sides and and i think one thing that the hurricanes did by beating the crusaders down at um down in christchurch is the fact is that you know it's it's not rocket surgery the fact is is that it's the you have to basically do it for 80 minutes if you're going to beat the crusaders you have to do it for 80 minutes and that's what teams like you know highlanders and the blues um fantastic examples of it played brilliant rugby for 55 60 minutes and then forgot about that there's another 20 minutes to play and switched off right? i would love and to see like, a rocket a rocket surgeon just sign me you up get, yeah, you, you get a mahia <laughs> peninsula <laughs> mahia peninsula or actually out at the airport that's where your rocket surgeons are <laughs> rocket lab hey dear me um, I was just trying to bring. It up. I've, 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 I've done a, a um, and the other actually encouraging thing also is look uh, is around attendance. I've got an attendance table. It's on the wrong bloody um, computer, so I can't share it on screen, unfortunately. Um, the um, but uh, I was initially looking at the, looking at the Chiefs who went from twenty three thousand to fifteen to ten, but then back up to fifteen thousand for their last game. Um, and I was like, oh look, it's just it's it's everyone's just really happy that we got rugby back, but hey, it's dying off. But in the end, actually no. Crusaders, that would have been a sellout against the sorry, the Blues. That would have been a sellout against the Crusaders. Their lowest game was twenty seven thousand against the um the, the Highlanders. Um on a 30, wet night. On a wet on night. On a very wet night. On a very wet night. Um but they were back up to thirty three thousand against the Chiefs. Um mm. uh so look, some very good uh, yeah, so the um again the Crusaders, twelve thousand in their first game, seventeen thousand in their last game, um and, and bounced around in between. Um again the Highlanders I'd- 18, 19, then 20,000. Obviously, not allowed in that last game. Yeah, I'm just so, wondering, they're, they're, with they're, the they're Crusaders, with the Crusaders, did they change their structure, their pricing structure or something? Because um, at the end of the season, they got a couple of sellout games. and um, But bef- it, you go to the beginning of the competition, I remember talking, they weren't, they weren't sell- anywhere near selling out their um, earlier games in the, in, the, in, the, in the competition. And then all of a sudden, they got a couple of sellouts towards the end of the season. So I'm just wondering whether they actually changed their ticket ticket pricing structure. Um, but we'll never know. We don't, we don't know. <laughs> round three was when they had their first first home game with twelve thousand. Um, <coughs> and then two weeks later, round five, they had eighteen thousand. Right. So I think there might have also been an element thereof. Look, uh, we always win games anyway, so why turn up to them? And then actually, oh look, actually oh. everyone's everyone's actually going to rugby now. It's really cool thing to do. It's um, the end thing. <laughs> the end thing. And then, and then it's sort of caught on. Um, so maybe there's an element of that uh, in the sort of complacency of, of, of Crusader supporters. And then with, um, obviously, with the Blues going well at that point, because Blues was their, was their second was their second game. Um, and then people actually went, hey, actually, not turning up trophy is quite fun. We'll stick around for the Hurricanes game and for the Highlanders game as well. Um, so, yeah. That's, uh, I, uh, so, yeah, I think attendance-wise, also very good. Um I, I think might, you know just 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 on a uh, the other problem is that and we've talked about this before um possibly off air I don't know might maybe on air but the NZRFU um letting the blues flounder for so many years was just a massive mistake for the um for the, the kudos for the hype of the competition because when the blues are going well everybody wants to beat Auckland now you know there's, there's still a there's still an anti-Auckland thing that goes right there so when the blues are playing well and they turn up you're going to get crowds turning up because we're going to beat these Jaffers coming down here. You know, right? Because every, everything's south, so it's got to come down. So, you know, and that's going to build it. This year, the Blues have gone well, and so people have gone along. Oh, we've got to go in there and support our team because we're going to beat these Jaffers, right? So 
It was just stupid on the NZRFU's part that they let the Blues flounder for so long because it's been detrimental to the competition overall. And with that, we'll move on to Super Rugby AU and uh, Reds versus the Melbourne Rebels. Um, what? Go on. No, unless you want to do no, 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 there was nothing. Now, so Stephen and I have got a different difference of opinion about the Reds and Rebels <laughs> <laughs> on this one. Um, and after seeing the Reds get absolutely thumped by the by the uh, Waratahs last weekend, I was uh, I put out a nice little tweet um, that said something along the lines of, "Why would you think the Rebels Reds were the second best team in Australia?" Um, and you uh, you replied this week, didn't you, Stephen? <laughs> you With good reason. With good reason, because the mighty Reds come storming back to put in a, a clinic um, <laughs> against your lowly Rebels. I think. Mean, what happened last week? We won't talk about last week because that's in the past. We're only going to talk about the, the present, which was oh. a very, very good Reds performance. <laughs> Come on. Uh, they, they, were, they weren't at the races last week, were they? They, no. they were mentally gone uh, in their game against the Waratahs. Absolutely terrible. But this week, there we go. Look at that. That's why we don't let it slide. Um, it was a great performance by, by the Reds. They showed everything that they lacked uh, last week. Uh, they showed a, a little bit of heart. They showed a little bit of defence. They actually wanted to tackle. They took chances. Um, they just overall played a, a really, really strong, smart, complete kind of as good as an Australian team can be uh, a game of rugby and, and shut out defensively over more than anything. Defensively, they were almost uh, unbreakable. Uh, well, they were. Ultimately, one penalty was all they really suffered throughout that whole game. Um, but big difference. Big players make big differences, don't they? Jordan Pattaya is one guy who's made a massive difference. Close to look, just stop being shocked at how good the Reds are. Okay, Paul, they are a really, really good team, and the Rebels, I think, have been well, they're a bit, bit like the Waratahs, look, looking better than they actually are. If you ask my opinion on them, go the mighty Reds. Okay. I'm, I'm with Shane on this one, actually. Me and Shane, yeah, with, with, with look, James O'Connor, what's he doing? Opening minute of the game, passing along and playing off his own goal line, goal line. <laughs> um, which, which was well, and then later well, on, it nearly game, worked for him. And then later on, they do a cross-field oh, you, you were just sitting here going on Carlos Spencer doing that. Like, you know, <laughs> how many years? You were just praising him. And then you got a big James O'Connor. No, 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 no. No, no, no. no. That was, I wrote him in the, in the live chat. So, folks, by the way, if you want to join us, uh, if you listen to this on the podcast, want to join us in the live chat, we're at 8 p.m. every Sunday. Uh, and we'll keep going for Super Rugby AU as well. Um, and Stephen, have no no excuses. There'll be no Sunday yes. rugby. Um, so, um, so do join us for that live on our Facebook page. Um, go search for New Zealand Sports Radio on Facebook. Um, there was some cr- there, there was some crazy play by the Reds um, amongst all that good defence. Um, and uh, boy, oh boy, they got away with it um, a couple of times. Um, I mean, this is just nuts here. Uh, the the Rebels had seventeen lineouts. They had um, in the second half ninety four percent of the territory, and they lost the half. I'm sorry, not ninety four percent of the territory. And the Reds got a yellow card, and the score in the second half still was seven nil. And you're like, "Rebels, what are you doing?" I, they got held up over the line um, multiple times. Isa Nazarani, okay, great um, until he gets in about ten meters of the try line. Uh, wonderful carrier and stuff, but boy, he just couldn't get the ball down against scrum halves. Scrum halves were holding him up over the line. And you're like, mate. You're supposed to be a big forward bashing guy. Are you being a scrum harvest? Scrum harvest. <laughs> Anti scrum half. 
Man, harsh. <laughs> I mean, look at the work um, that Aaron Smith's boot did a couple of weeks ago. I mean, that just shows what the magical feat of a number nine can do. The um, oh, that, was, that was very impressive, yes. <laughs> I think you just got stuck under there by accident. Oh, you're squeezing my toes. Get off my foot. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> Um, the yeah, oh, the, the the rebels. Uh, the, the rebels got no one else to blame for this but themselves. Put bluntly, um, they made the they made the Reds make two hundred and thirty-two tackles. And that's just nuts. Um, they only and they missed twenty. Sorry, twenty-nine. Um, so, uh, but guys, uh, I, I, I want to hear your thoughts. Who do you think was the top tackling um, uh, rebels player? Rebels player. Rebels player, they just had yeah. 94% of the ball. Yeah. <laughs> one, of players, one of their players made 10 tackles. Actually, one player got into double figures. Who do you think it was? Uh, Josh Kimini. Nope. Lamani, the scrum half. The, oh, um... <laughs> and he only come on as a reserve. No, no, starting scrum half. Did he, did he start? Oh, yeah, he did start. Yeah, but 10 tackles in the scrum half. Um, the next best was uh, Wilk in the flank with eight. And you're like, boys, forwards, what were you doing? Your scrum half was doing all the work for you defensively. Jeez. They're getting held um, up over the line. You just said that before. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Um, <laughs> James O'Connor, a, a famous tackler, made 16 and didn't miss any. Um, <laughs> wow. <laughs> um, the uh, top tacklers, though, were Blythe with 22 um, and McWright uh, with 22 also for the um, the Reds. I mean, all of the <laughs> all of the starting um, forwards were, were in double figures. Um, and uh, even Don Gunu uh, on the wing made nine tackles in this game. Um, when we can go through lots of games where the wingers make one or two uh, and uh, generally miss three. But no, no, he made nine and missed one. So, yeah, this, this was, uh, yeah, as you say, massive defensive um, game by the, by the, by the Reds. Uh, but the Rebels, look, had all of the possession in the world um, and only themselves to blame. Um, they could have won this with drop goals. Put bluntly. Um, I've got a, got a question though. I've got a question. So because as I said, I watched the first half of both um, the Aussie games, right? And it's just like it was just oh, good timing of your the comment there. The the handling was just terrible. The knock ons, you know, and things, passes going, uh, missing players, or you know, going to ground, and that, this is like oh geez, that's what basically um, sent me off to bed. So, but so. It, am I wrong? Was, was the was the passing and the catching really that bad? It wasn't raining, was it? It, it was moist. moist. Oh, yeah, it's, it's always moist in Australia. Moist. <laughs> <laughs> they're, always, they're always playing with a slippery ball in Australia. Um, it's always uh, whatever. Um, but I mean, eighteen turnovers by the Rebels. Yeah, yeah. But a sandpaper to roughen it up a bit. <laughs> Eight p.m. Thursday. <laughs> um, uh, the, um, the, the the force of Moritz weren't too bad with turnovers, but, but yeah, I mean the the, the rebels, yeah, eighteen turnovers. Uh, they were just the architects of their demise. Um, uh, as um, as Nocturnal Wright says, the nine and ten um, just never sniped or attacked flat at all, um, which let the that uh, means the defense just drifts off. Yep. Hmm. Yeah, there was, there was one big highlight in this game, um, and it was a big highlight. Now, if you like to see. Um, Big, massive men have a, a big trying to say, I'm better than you are and I'm bigger than you are. Uh, go watch Farmer, Celia yeah. and Tupo have a bit of a, a, a tussle over a few phases. Um, Two dub touches came down the sideline. They just went straight for each other probably three times in 
I don't know, five or six phases, just continuously. And uh, to be fair to Tupo, he got him, he, he did him big time. There was only one winner in that contest. Uh, but it was great to see there was, there was a distinct, straight, you know, personal attack at each other when those two got the ball. Uh, Farmer got it and he was going straight for Tupo. Tupo was just pushing his teammates out of the way, saying, oh, I got him. Um, it was great to see. It was a great contest. I think the first of those interactions was when Farmer actually thought he was going to run around the outside of Tupo. And he picked him up and splatted him. <laughs> exactly. This is like, <laughs> yeah. dude, have you not seen any of his games at schoolboy level when he basically ran as fast as a back? <laughs> and then and he tried to make a point of it, of running over him, and failed uh, consecutively failed. a few times. <laughs> it was great well, yeah, watching, though. It was a highlight. <laughs> I mean, find silly. Uh, yeah, new, new boy on the block, um, both playing for the same gold jersey. Um, and, uh, yeah, clearly thought he could make a point. And, um, as you say, didn't. Um <laughs> Good boomfa moments. Oh, yeah, Justin would have loved it. He would have been all <laughs> over that one. If he could have said his name, though, Farmer Sealy is probably a bit difficult for Justin's sort of level. Yeah. Oh, it's got Farmer in it. That's <laughs> <laughs> disrespectful and I apologise. To farmers. Um, the, um, <laughs> the, so... Um, uh, yeah, we're not, we're not sure Justin can can, can pronounce the farmers' names. Uh, the farmers can definitely do it. The, looking at um, uh, the AU table, look, uh, Brumby's out in front still um, with uh, on 18 points, played one less game. Um, the Reds in second on 16. The Tars um, just one point back on 15. But remember, they have already got their Western Force points in the bag. Um, the Rebels uh, in in fourth there in 14. Look, um, I'm expecting this to be Brumby's Reds and Rebels uh, in the final series. Reds and Rebels obviously playing off for the opportunity to to to, to um to play against the uh, Brumbies in the uh, the actual final. Um, issue for the Rebels obviously is the COVID situation in Melbourne, which means that they like the Western Force to playing all their home games in New South Wales, um, and they're having to live away from home, which is uh, which is impacting them, which which will, will be impacting them the longer the season goes on, um, as well. Um, the um, but um, but yeah, I mean look. Uh, yeah, another reference to Pattaya. Pattaya was one of the standout players in this one. It's great to see him what, back from injury. I wanted to ask that. I was just going to go to that question. So, what 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 is the rationale behind not playing him? And his he's a, he's a he's a midfield back. Why are they playing him on the wing? They, they probably will from now on because Hunter Paisami looked like he actually got pretty uh, badly yeah, broken up. in that last game. Well, I guess it's it's what's working, isn't it? Um, well, they've played all season with Paisami and and Stewart and, and, and inside centre. Why break it? Uh, you know, if, if it isn't broken, just keep on just playing that same way. No, I, the only reason I say, I mean, like you know, every time it's he's what is one of those players that every time he gets the ball, you're waiting for something to happen, um, yep. and so you want to want him to get the ball as much as possible, right? And that's why I'm sort of thinking you want to shift him in. You know, you just you get those players, and it's like you you, you got to balance up. Ooh, you don't want to chuck him in too early, but the reality is, is that. If he's good enough, he's going to go well enough. But it's a bit like argument saying that Geordie Barrett should play in the back line uh, in the Hurricanes. Like, let's be honest, he spends 99% of the time in the back line. Jordan Pattaya doesn't really sit out in the wing. Uh, he's he, not he a ready. He doesn't sit out there. He comes in and he's quite often normally sitting where your 13 would be sitting uh, anyway in that back line and, and kind of forces someone else to sit out on that wing instead and, and plays inside him. So he, he, he's an involved player. He's not going to just sit out there and collect a paycheck. He, he gets in there and he gets involved in the heavy stuff, that's for sure. Um, and I'm pretty sure that he, he spent uh, – he, he played a bit on the wing last season as well. So I think he is seen as being a kind of – whilst, yes, 13 no, yeah. is a jumper. 
Um, he is a yeah, and it's someone who can play he's a rover uh, um, as, as, as well. He's a yeah, yeah, yeah. Lampi also tends to. Well, I mean, we tend to find Lamappi out on the wing as well, don't you? Um, these kind of players who you want to get the ball in their head, give them a bit of space, and they're even more um, dangerous. So, in some ways, yes, yes, you can bring them in, but it gets more crowded. So it's uh, it's um, six one and a half a dozen uh, sometimes. I was just trying to bring up the, his stats to see if I could see if he'd um, uh, what 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 number of jersey he had in his back normally, but um, yeah, I can't achieve. I'm not going to be able to achieve that before the end of the show. Um, so thank you very much, um, Ashwin and uh, Steve. Any other final comments about the weekend's games before uh, before we sign off? It's gonna be boring now, eh? <laughs> <laughs> Man, Gary, am I wrong? Well, no. yeah, the um, so obviously next weekend there's no games. The we were, I think the north south game is supposed to be the weekend after that, um, but uh, it was scheduled for um, Auckland. Um, and whilst officially they would be coming out, oh, well, uh, currently, I'd say rather than officially, currently um, level three will be coming down to level two before then. Uh, but so we'll have to see how that announcement goes. Um, so we'll have to wait. But um, Stephen is, I think, suggesting that they move the north south. We have a scrum. <laughs> He's suggesting we have a scrum, I think. <laughs> Knock it down, South. <laughs> Under the roof, and you know, hey, if you can't have blues players, and you just have to take players from the other four franchises who are allowed to travel around. Oh, what a <laughs> shame! <laughs> well, it's like to say so the 29th is basically three days, roughly, I think, off the top. Oh, no, actually, no, 29th is about four or five days after lockdown closes. Wow, that's that's assuming that we don't three doesn't carry on, and yeah, we don't go to four or we we do go to two, and who knows. Ashwin's going to spend the next uh, the next sort of two weeks rolling a dice, telling us which number it's going to be. Um, yeah. <laughs> and, yes, conspiracy theory number one. Hey, I rolled the one bit where conspiracy theory says it's going to be this. So yeah, look out for Ashwin's uh, NZ fat so always, uh, his dice rolling conspiracy theory. Number, magic number eight yeah. ball out. <laughs> oh dearie me. Um, look, folks, uh, during this time of COVID lockdowns, please do be kind to each other um, uh, and uh, and stay safe. I'll be back tomorrow night with the uh, Driving Mall show where we will, um, yes, have a look at our 15, uh, um, our Super Rugby Altero 15. Um, we'll, uh, we'll also round up some club rugby. Um, Ashwin suggested we might even talk about the Blues tomorrow night. I don't know, maybe. No, I was saying Blues, mate. <laughs> <Go> blues. <laughs> Uh, so have a wonderful folks uh, have a wonderful folks don't please do share this round we are obviously an independent um media organization um he says sat in his bedroom um uh, with his desk so um do share around folks please um we are getting we're closing on 1100 followers of the facebook page and it would be great to get there um soon this week cheers even on a budget quality is non-negotiable that's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to Quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. 
Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 